Welcome to the Theology for You podcast, where we believe that a right understanding of God's Word is for your good and true worship of God. If you're just joining us, I'm Joey, and I'd love to encourage you to share this with a friend. If we've helped you to grow in your faith and understanding of God in this episode or any other episode, maybe send your friend a text or DM on Instagram all about this podcast. It would mean the world to us if you would share this with the other believers in your life, those who want to grow in their faith and understanding of God and His Word. Welcome back to our fifth and final lesson on how to share the gospel. After sharing the whole gospel to the whole person, a personal response is commanded by God. The sinner is commanded to repent, to turn from sin, and to believe, to trust in Christ. There are only three possible responses to hearing the gospel and the command to repent and believe, to receive Christ, to reject Christ, or to investigate further. And now to Pastor Craig to conclude this series. The last part here begins by summarizing what you have already shared with them, what you've already presented to them. Or perhaps a better way of saying it is it, it, you're, you're reinforcing what you have already told them. In a sense, you're, you're giving them the same truth, but you're restating that truth for them. So it begins with where it has to begin, that God, who is their maker, is calling them back to him. That's the problem. Their relationship with God has been severed because of sin. Your sin has separated you from your God. Okay? In order to return to God, what must they do? Well, they must repent. They must turn from their sin. And you may want to remind them again of what repentance is. Repentance isn't a resolution to try and do better. Repentance isn't saying, I'll turn over a new leaf. Repentance is turning from our sins. It's turning from our self-trust. It's turning from any thought that we can do some kind of good work in order to make us acceptable to God. Repentance is turning from our self-righteousness and utterly casting ourselves upon the mercies of God. It has, it has not, if, if a person's repentance includes something that they do other than giving them up and swearing them off, then that's not true, genuine, biblical repentance. Okay. Then the third thing, is that they must trust in what Christ Jesus has done for them. Again, if, if we convey properly what it means to repent, this third point comes naturally. If they can't depend upon themselves for salvation, then there's only one other person they can depend on for their salvation, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there are only three possible responses. The first one is that they can receive Christ. In other words, they agree with the gospel. They understand the gospel, and they are ready to move forward with Christ, if you want to put it that way. Now, I know a lot of times people have a question, should I ask them to pray? It's fine to pray with them, it's fine for them to pray as long as we are clear that it is not their prayer that's saving them. It's Jesus that's saving them. 
So to that end, you can see on the presentation, it says, realizing my self-centeredness, I now want to turn from my sinful lifestyle. I now trust in the risen Jesus Christ for forgiveness of my many sins. I give you control of my life, and I desire to follow your instructions, whatever it may cost. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask your spirit to be merciful and enable me to respond to your call home. That's that again. They don't have to say that word for word, but that's kind of the idea. And you can you can help them if you feel like they need some help verbalizing it. But again, it's not those words that save them. It is that attitude of the heart. It is that repentant spirit that cries out to Christ for mercy. Okay, so don't worry if they don't pray the perfect sinner's prayer. Uh, that's not that's not what you're pushing for. So they can receive Christ. And I do believe that it is appropriate that once we have gone through this presentation, that we should extend the invitation, the offer to them to receive Christ. You're going to read, I've read several books here recently on evangelism, and none, none of them agree with whether or not you should push for a decision or not push for a decision. I would say I would offer them the opportunity to express faith in Christ. That's what I would do. I wouldn't twist their arm. I, 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 I wouldn't put any undue pressure on them. If the Holy Spirit's working in them, let the Holy Spirit, he can create far more pressure than you and I could ever create. But I do think we do people a disservice if we don't at least press upon them the need to make some kind of a decision, to have some kind of response to what they have heard, okay? So they can, first thing they can do, they can receive Christ. And we trust that many that we share the gospel with, they will do exactly that. But let's be honest, there's going to be others that they're going to reject Christ. And that is that is a possible outcome here. There, there will be some who will gladly receive Christ, and there will be others who will be more than happy to reject Christ. It simply means that the Holy Spirit is not drawing them to Christ at that time. Doesn't mean that your time is wasted. Doesn't mean that you've been unsuccessful. You have been successful by your obedience. You are successful through your obedience. The very fact that you obeyed by presenting the gospel to them, you are successful if you want to put it in those kinds of terms. But there are people who will reject Christ. We need to understand that. And as hard as it may be for us to, to come to grips with as well, our hearts should be broken when someone rejects Christ. Let me give you an example. Yesterday, I saw someone in the service taking communion that I didn't really think should be taking communion because I, I, I'm not assured of their salvation. And it broke my heart to see that. It, it made me just a little bit angry. See, I, why? They're not rejecting me, but they're, they're doing damage and harm to their self by rejecting Christ or being fooled about their relationship with Christ. It's a serious thing. But we don't want to take it personally. We don't want to take it like they're, they've now become our enemy. Well, they've rejected the gospel. They've rejected me. Please don't take that attitude. Far too many Christians have done that far too many times, and we make far too many enemies, and then we have nobody left to evangelize because nobody will talk to us or we won't talk to them. Do not take it personally. Let it break your heart. Weep for them. Pray for them. But don't take it personally. Then there's this third and final thing that they could say, I want to investigate further. For instance, I'm meeting with this fellow during this week. Perhaps we'll discover that, hey, he's still in the investigation stage of Christianity. That's fine. 
I would much rather be it be a guided investigation than him going off half-cocked, searching the internet on how to be saved. Amen? Okay. Uh, so those are all possible responses. So let me finish up by saying this. Do not underestimate the value of practice here. And let me give you a couple suggestions. And I wish I could claim originality for that, but I can't. I'm going to recommend this book here in a moment. I got this idea from this book. Why not ask an unbelieving friend or perhaps a family member if you could practice on them? In other words, you say, you know, I, I'm learning how to better present the gospel. I want to be better prepared to present the gospel. Would you help me out by letting me present the gospel to you? Now, unless they're a hardened atheist, they're probably going to say, yeah, I'll help you out. Just think what a wonderful opportunity that is, that you can practice presenting the gospel to a person that you know is an unbeliever. Who knows? Holy Spirit may even convert them. And by the way, if you, if you tell your unbelieving friend or family member that you're just practicing and you mess up, so what? So, oops, got to work on that. You know, they're not Bible scholars. They're not going to know if you say something wrong. But I think that's a wonderful opportunity. And, and let me go even one step further. Don't be afraid to approach other professing Christians and ask them if you could practice on them or practice with them. Let me give you an illustration. My wife works with several people who attend a church in Richmond, which I will, will not say the name of. But she was just telling one of her co-workers about the Tell the Truth presentation, about learning to present the gospel. And Sherry said, they looked at her like a Catholic and, and a new gate. I didn't have any idea what she's talking about. Now, what are the odds a person like that isn't a Christian at all? They're just attending a church. See, but there's another way that you can practice. There's another way you can hone your skills, gain confidence before you go out there under live fire. Can I tell you something? Even when I sat down Sunday afternoon with that family, I was a little nervous. I was thinking, well, I don't want to mess this up. Is this, this is like God's gift wrapped a family and just throwing it in my lap. I don't want to mess this up. But see, if we practice, we rehearse, we go through this, we gain more confidence. We're more prepared. And success comes when preparation meets opportunity. So let's take the time to prepare ourselves. Let's continue to pray for those opportunities. And I, I you know, and I had, you know, I've had other conversations with other people that, you know, it's just like I told Sherry, I said, God's just bringing these people in our lives. Wow, isn't that amazing? I, I, in fact, I told Ben the other day, I said, isn't it amazing how when you prepare yourself, God opens doors for you? Don't underestimate the value of prayer. Don't underestimate the value of your preparation, okay? And don't underestimate the value of practice. We pray that this series has been helpful to you for God's glory. I want to ask you, as I challenge myself with this as well, who can you ask to practice sharing the gospel? Maybe it's a family member, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor. I want to encourage you to try and reach out to them right now and trying to set up a time that 
God's name might be glorified among the earth. Together, let's make God's name famous. If you want to go deeper in your understanding of God and His Word, I want to encourage you to check out our resources at theologyforyou.com. That's theology, F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. I want to thank you if you have rated or reviewed this podcast on Apple iTunes. It's a way to help get this podcast in front of other people who want to grow in their faith and deepen their relationship with God. So thank you for helping other people grow in their faith by rating or reviewing this podcast.